You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hello, everybody. It's Sunday evening, and if there was any time to wind down, it'd be right now. But I'm going to need you guys to get really pumped up because you're listening and tuning in to The Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I am your hostess with the mostess, Laura Bellata. Did you really say that? <laughs> I just, I just want to check the, the reel on that. Did you yes. say that? You know what? And okay. I was just about to say how much I missed you last week. And now forget oh. it. I, I I'm like it a back, pet. Okay? I'm like a pet. So I am the author of Single in the City. I am also the owner of Single in the City. And I am, again, the hostess with the mostess uh, right here, <laughs> right now. And uh, we're glad to have you back, though, Sandra. Really, Thank we you. are. Thank you. So we're going to jump right in. We have Susanna Gartner from Gartner & Associates Animal Law and registered psychotherapist Clarinda Brandeo. She's also here with us. Uh, they are going to be our go-to experts on being in a relationship with pets or ending a relationship while having pets. And I want to say, wow, sorry, because I didn't know all this. So this yeah. is a big show. Well, you've never had a pet, right? No. Okay. So I once, have an ex-husband. Once, no, <laughs> oh, it's okay. totally different. Totally you'll different. You'll love your pet more okay. than you ever loved him, probably. I heard about this. <laughs> this is why I think I'm going to get one, which isn't hard to do, by the way. I like crocodiles more than I like him. So Right. Anyway. Now, I... Pets are a huge part of uh, of a lot of households today, mm-hmm. um, and um, they can make or break relationships. So I thought it was really an important subject to um, to discuss. Also, it's always important to be well informed and properly protected when it comes to your rights as pet owners, especially when sharing the title with your significant other. So welcome everybody to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So Thank Su- you, Susanna. Let's start with you. What do you do at your law practice? Well, so the bulk of our practice is actually uh, dealing with pet custody disputes, believe wow. it or not. And, <laughs> so, and we were, were all shocked. We didn't even know that a lawyer like yourself existed. Because yes. I'm divorced and obviously went through for my kids. Got it. Get that one. But I didn't know. I guess people fight. Over, like was my sister divorced with her husband. She just said, okay, you have the dog. As sad as it was. <gasps> but she did, I don't think she knew she could have fought for custody with oh, it. Oh, I would never okay. give up my dog. I know. You'd have to kill me. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised because animal law is it's a very exciting emerging field and the bulk of our practice as I mentioned is dealing with pet custody disputes which are now becoming more and more important in the mainstream. Society is becoming more aware that pets are integral family members. Most of us animal lovers have always known that. Um but I mean the bulk of my practice deals with people fighting over their pets during divorce, cohabiting relationships, um siblings that don't get along and someone moves out and they want to both have access to the pet. Um, However, uh, we also deal with mediation as opposed to litigation because as most of us know, unfortunately, our beloved pets are treated like property under the law. So we try to mediate settlements as opposed to litigating these matters in court. And are you busy? Yes, very wow. busy. Yeah, because people like like what you said. It's like a part of the family, the end, the pet, right? And uh, uh, yeah, I'd probably just steal the dog and run away and hide somewhere. Yeah, like abduction, <laughs> and there'll be an abduction. Amber Alert for like Rover the dog because Laura's, it's Max. His Max, name is Max. Sorry, Max. So Suzanne, I'm sorry. Uh, this is fascinating, as, as like beyond belief, as a person who went through mediation uh, with the kids and custody and parental plan, and um, I forgot what I was going to say because I'm just. <laughs> captivated <laughs> sorry no because you said they're owned under the law 
Yes, property. so they're considered property. they're considered property under the law. Yeah, that's very different than kids. Yes, very, and so so the so. the difficulty becomes dealing with custody and access under the law because the pet, the courts tend to be reluctant to deal with pets and sharing of access and custody. So we we try to encourage our clients to mediate, resolve the matters out of court. It's less expensive, less time consuming, and often we reach an amicable uh, resolution to the dispute, which can be very difficult if someone's going through a divorce or a breakup of any kind. And we also consider the animal's best interest, mm-hmm. similar to the child's best interest test, which is taken into consideration consideration in family law. So this law is emerging. And although the courts are reluctant, um, I'm excited to announce that society is not as reluctant and they want their pets, they love their pets, and they're willing to fight for them. Yay! Okay, <laughs> Clorinda, tell us about your practice as a registered psychotherapist. What do you do? So I work with individuals and couples. Uh, so a lot of my work with couples is, uh, you know, I've had the pet situation quite often. I'm even with individuals talking about whether they're dating somebody that has a, that that doesn't like pets or has allergy and things like that. So it's so yes. <laughs> That's what I just wanted to say is that I, I love to meet Susan because this is a, a good relationship. Okay, oh, so good. here's a stat. Did you know that 66% of men and women women will not date someone who doesn't like pets? So why do you think this uh, this is? Why do you think it's such a deal breaker? Well, I think it's like you said, and you, you love Max, your dog Max, right? So I think it's yes. like that, right? If your partner or someone you're dating doesn't like dogs, whether they're allergic or they just don't like animals, it's really difficult to bring that person into your life. Just like if you had a child and mm-hmm. you're, and someone didn't want to connect to your child, you wouldn't bring them in. Mm-hmm. Right. Deal breaker. Big, so big according breaker. to Psychology Today, people who own one or more pets tend to be healthier and happier. Sandra, that's why you should get one. And Excuse once, me. I can't even take care of my kids. Now you want to add a third Well, one. you're going to teach your kids how to take care of the no, pet. No, no. We are in the works, actually. We, I've been looking. Sorry. Just I'll tell you what, what. Yeah. Okay. In one study, 217 pet owners were exhibited and were more physically fit because you're going on walks and stuff yeah, a lot, right? You're uh, less lonely, which is mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, more conscientious, more socially outgoing, and had healthier relationship styles than non-owners. And good for your health. For someone who's been through huge health issues with the cancer, I, I look to my sister's dog. Yeah, they, the say, whole they say pets actually add five years to your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was in radiation, the hospital, the Red Cross brought a, around a dog for the pa- mm-hmm. cancer pet patients therapy. to pet. And uh, it's very therapeutic. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Do you guys believe in this study? Because I do, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. I think um, it's interesting we were talking about cats and that some men will adopt cats versus dogs. And one of the reasons people do, like pick cats over dogs sometimes it's because less responsibility but it's also they want the companionship which is huge right not feeling alone Mm -hmm. Um, so absolutely I've had clients with depression anxiety that will adopt a pet because they find it very therapeutic Susanna Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I've, as I've said, I've seen people, clients fighting for their pets. And I mean, when I go to the underlying root of the problem as a mediator to understand why it's so important for them to not go to the shelter and because we have so many beautiful, lovely animals waiting for adoption, it's because they've created that bond already. So they're willing to fight. They're willing to oh. do whatever it takes to have that particular animal that they've shared so many memories with that have helped them through, yes, cancer, many diseases. And so it's And break up. And breakups, yes. yes. Big one. Okay, we have to continue this after the break. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. 
This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. If you're just tuning in, welcome. I'm Laura Bellata from Single in the City with Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes as my co-host. And we have lawyer Susanna Gartner and psychotherapist or registered psychotherapist Clarinda Brandeo. And we're discussing pets and relationships. So... I know that a big part of keeping a healthy and happy relationship as a pet owner and um, significant other is compromising, Mm -hmm. right? So what sort of compromises have to be made when entering a relationship while having a pet? Who wants to take a stab at that? I think splitting um, responsibilities for the pet is quite significant. So whether you're the one walking the pet, feeding the pet, financially taking care of the pet, those are very big pieces that need to be considered when entering into a relationship with a pet. So in what ways can a pet become a stressor in the relationship and what can we do to avoid stressful situations? Well, I think it's really important to realize that it's a huge responsibility to take care of a pet and that it's uh, important to divide and conquer. It's a living being that requires a lot of care and attention and can be overwhelming. Most of us know if you bring in a puppy home, you have to take care of it almost 24 hours a day and you have to try to split the responsibilities amongst yourselves. Otherwise, it can become overwhelming, even though you have unconditional love from the pet. And although the pet offers unconditional love and and we give and we receive, it's a mutual relationship in many ways, the human has to take on a huge responsibility, um, payment of veterinary care, taking the dog, for example, for a walk, giving Mm -hmm. it love and attention. So splitting those responsibilities is essential to having both partners feel equally balanced in the relationship. Okay. But then you have the issue where, you know, someone like myself, I came into the relationship with the dog, and then I was expecting somebody else to, you you know... uh, help welcome the dog yeah welcome that dog or you know open their arms and be like okay you know I love this pet now and it doesn't always happen like that so uh, in ways that I had to compromise was um you know not allowing the dog on the bed or Mm -hmm. you know not giving the dog too much attention and 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 that type of thing Mm -hmm. Clarinda is there anything you want to add to that does that Clarinda does that sound normal not giving the dog too much attention You know, it's interesting because that's actually quite common um, that a lot of partners will have kind of that jealousy issue a little bit, right, where they'll feel like you're spending more time with the dog or you're getting more attention with the dog or the dog's allowed on the bed. And, you know, I'm not comfortable with that and all those kind of issues. And the interesting is that I always tell people is that there's a fundamental issue there. Right. When your partner is showing Mm. those feelings of, you know, whether it's jealousy or they're not, you know, you know, the bed situation, there's always a fundamental. What else is going on? They're not getting enough attention from the partner. Exactly. It really comes from a different place. It's not the dog. The dog is just something that's kind of bringing it up. Yeah. And if I look back now on that relationship, so I had this relationship where this guy just did not accept my dog from the beginning. And it was was always an issue. And so it was always like, well, you're, you're hanging out with the dog too much. You're giving him too much attention. So then what I did was I would... I pulled back and I I would still smother the dog, but not when he was around. Right. Or I don't want the dog in the bed. And at first it was like, you know, those rules didn't start coming through in the beginning. It was Mm -hmm. like after the three months, the three month mark. And so I was like, okay, um, well, you know, maybe he has a point. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe he doesn't want to sleep with an animal. So I get that. So, and it was really hard for me um, to you know, train the dog to go and sleep on his bed at night. It was really hard, but I did it. So it is doable, right? Absolutely. And those are the kind of compromises you have to make. But then when we went 
to see a psychologist about it because he wasn't changing. Like I, it was just the same issue over and over again. And and even though I did make these little changes, it wasn't good enough. So when I went to see the, the psychologist, she looked at him and said, you know, you need to have boundaries, okay? Mm-hmm. Because she had this dog before you came into the picture and so you need to respect that. And if she wants to hug up her dog and love her dog because her dog makes her feel good, then you need to respect that. And of course, that night I came home and I hugged up the dog and he went off again. And so it was like the relationship was actually over after that. <laughs> Clorinda? No, it's, it's interesting because when you say, again, it's the fundamental communication was lacking in that. Like in terms of how you felt about the dog, your needs weren't being met, but you were allowing his needs to be met. Right. Like you were allowing you were kind of saying, "Okay, I'm going to put the dog on the floor or I'm going to get him a nice, comfortable spot off the bed. So your needs weren't being met, which down the line causes resentment. Right. Because this is your pet. Right. This is your your family. It did. I remember my dog broke his 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 ankle, his uh, leg. We Mm -hmm. were up at the cottage and. Um, I, I was like, can I, can the dog sleep? I, I, I didn't even know it was broken, but he was in so much pain. He couldn't walk. And I thought, can I let the dog, you know, on the bed tonight? And it's like, no. And then after that, I just, I saw him in a different light. You know, you're right. Resentment, you know, started mm-hmm. kicking in and uh, I didn't look at him the same. But uh, we're going to, we're going to come back to that. If you guys want to hear more about World of Pets and Relationships, stay tuned. This is the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. And we'll be right back after this message. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Vellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio, AM 640. Hey everyone, Laura Bellotta here from Single in the City and you're hearing it first on the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. I've got Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes on the mic with me and our wonderful guests, lawyer Susanna Gartner and psychotherapist Clorinda Brondeo and we're discussing pets and relationships. So I want to talk about the things that people argue most about when they have a pet together. Susanna. Some arguments that come up that are very common are the responsibility, who is, for example, Mm -hmm. going to take the dog for a walk in the middle of the winter, who is going to feed the pet, who is going to take the pet to the the veterinary uh, visit, annual checkups. And so those types of um, arguments can come into play during the course of the relationship of caring for a pet. So I actually would advise that people come up with an agreement similar to um, any other kind of agreement before they decide to bring a pet into a home and decide who is going to take care of the pet in different ways so that it's split equally. Because I find that otherwise the balance of the responsibility can be tipping in the favor of one side or another and that can cause stress later on. And because I see it later on when it's already come to a point where the couple has, for example, decided to not live together anymore. And then these issues that may have been um, brought up in the beginning and decided would be easier resolved. And another thing that people fight about too is money, right? Yes. Because pets can get very expensive. And who who pays for the vet bill? Or how about when the dog decides to watch you while you're having sex? (laughs) (laughs) All right. You know what, Laura? You kinky weirdo. (laughs) No comment. (laughs) No, but honestly, that can be an issue, you know? No, I I heard that uh, a friend of mine, he was dating a woman whose dog was just barking the whole time and he couldn't handle it. Like he ended up breaking up with her. Oh, wow. 
Because the dog barked well, too much? Well, the dog was in the room well, all the well, time. Do- dogs tend to get jealous, some of them. They do. They can, yes. Yeah. Over when watching sex? So just they- lock the dog out of your room for like 20 minutes or whatever. Or yeah. if it's a quickie five, you know. But do you think the dog knows what's going on? That's the journey of the intern. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I do think the dog knows what's yeah. going on. Okay, you know, when, when I'm doing something, you know what my dog does? He goes off into the side and he gets, he has a little blanket and he starts humping, humping it, humping it. <laughs> because he wants attention and he knows what's going on, trust me. Yeah, he does. Okay. Oh, the pain of this <laughs> okay. show, really. It just both. hurts, Laura. The mental picture are conjured up now. Okay, so both dog and cat owners <laughs> seem to have strong feelings about their pets and report that they are considered to be part of the family. All right? So 79% of dog owners and 60, 63% of cat owners. So let's look at how pets can be good for a relationship. Susanna. I mean, sorry, Clorinda. <laughs> I think what's great about having pets is you. there is unconditional love. Um, there's a bond that happens when you have a pet. Like if you have a child, there is a connection that... There's it, lots to talk about. There's lots I to mean, talk about. I mean, we talk about, about my dog all the time. There's reasons to, together. Yeah, there's reasons to get outside, going for walks. There's things you can plan. Um, yeah, Hikes. Hikes, yep. absolutely. So yeah, and patience. Oh my God, you learn so much about patience when you have a pet. And that's so important in a relationship. Yeah, and you learn about unconditional love, giving, receiving. You learn to be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. If you have children, those children mm-hmm. tend to suffer from less allergies, less like all these studies have been done, just going past the law and, and all the health benefits, even for children of owning pets. And uh, also preps you for having a child. Absolutely. Yeah, I know I a lot gonna... of people will start with having mm-hmm. a child or having a pet. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's a good indication if they're going to be a good mommy and daddy. Is that a, a truth to that then? There, there is, is truth to yeah, that. Good. Yes, there is. I've always thought that too. And you know what? A pet grounds you um, and brings you back home. I love that. That's very true. Right? Because yeah. like, what, but before I got my dog, like I was out till whatever and I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, but now I have a reason to come home. Do mm-hmm. you know, I know some single guys who always uh, have a rule, they're players, of course, and their rule is date a chick with a dog because then you know she's going home at night instead of sleeping <laughs> over. Hey, you know <laughs> what? Here, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's been my rule now for some time. Actually, there was a survey done, The Truth About Pets and Dating, conducted by PetSmart and Match.com, and they found 72% of single women say that a dog is the hottest pet a guy could own. So guys, if you're single and looking, go get a dog, a cute one. Well, they're all cute, though. Aww. They're all cute. Okay, um, so... How we, how we interact with our pets can teach us some valuable lessons about our own relationships as well. So what can pets teach us about our own relationships? Well, I think what's interesting is, for example, um, like frustration or when you get mad at the dog, you quick to, to jump to. So kind of... Like, don't, don't hold grudges. Don't hold grudges is a really good one, right? So yeah. if, you're, if your pet does something and you're just like, oh my God, again, it, you kind of learn to just kind of you know, ground yourself and be like, okay, this is okay. And you can take that on to your relationship as well. Yeah. And how about lowering your expectations? Because we don't expect that much from our pets, but we expect so much from our partners, from our partners yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, 
greeting each other with excitement too, I think. I think that's missed. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I, I, I noticed that and I, I really miss that. I wish that more partners did that. You know, when they walk into the house or they're, you know, they welcome, they greet each other. They don't have that anymore. It's kind of like. I do that. See, do that's that. beautiful. But I don't know if it's because my dog is greeting Dean at the door and he's, all, hi, you know, Maxie, Maxie. And so I'm like, hey, Dean, you know, it's almost. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. Maybe that was just a taught, that was a learned behavior from you though. Maybe because you, yeah. you had that with your dog, that it's something that you now do with your partner. I think so. Absolutely. Mm. And how about the, point. the unconditional love? I Yeah, I think that's amazing. You know, pets are, I know I'm a mom, so I always go back to that, that I find that pets are, pets are very much like, you know, having children, right? Mm-hmm. So there is that unconditional love. You know that they're going to be there for you no matter what. Yep. So we need to take a break discussing pets and relationships on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be right back after the break. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Hey everyone, I hope you guys are enjoying this wonderful Sunday evening. I'm your host, Laura Bellata, and you're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show with my co-host Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes and special guest uh, pet lawyer Susanna Gartner and registered psychotherapist Clorinda Brandeo. Now I want to bring up um, when a relationship ends. What happens to the animals? And uh, Susanna is the expert in this field, so we'll start with you. So obviously there are lots of factors that are considered when a relationship ends and animal custody rights come into play. But as an animal lawyer, what are some of these factors? Well, so from the law perspective, if we look at the way that pets are treated, um, as I brought up in the beginning of the show, um, unfortunately, our laws are still not aligned with what we would consider society's uh, views on our beloved pets. So they are treated as property, which means there's that example of, of treating uh, an animal similar to a chair or other property item, and they are treated under personal property un- under division of assets. Do when you a think family... that's going to change eventually? Yes, I do. I do. I well, hope okay, so. absolutely. So yes. dogs have souls. Yes, you know? I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, Sorry. of course, because. I- I, not even having a pet, yes. it only makes sense. So you're going to, because I went through the divorce process and you yes. have a ledger and you have what I bought That's right. and what he bought. Yes. So let's say we're a couple and I go out and buy the dog because it's got to be, then that means people should be buying them in joint accounts. Like they should both be, if this, like a prenup. Yes. Or put it in a prenup or that's, something. That's a very valid point. Sorry, I didn't mean to No, you, not Susanna. at all. Not at all. I'm, and I'm very excited and, and enthusiastic to hear that you feel that way because that's one of the reasons I started the practice mm-hmm. to help um, to help guardians. I don't even really call them owners anymore because it's like an adoption process. You're bringing this life into your life and, mm-hmm. and sharing responsibility, hopefully. And then on the breakdown of the relationship, you don't have to go to the court system because you may get a judge who is going to deem this beloved animal similar to a chair. For example, there was a recent case in Saskatchewan, it's uh, called Henderson versus Henderson, in which a judge deemed the dogs, there were a few dogs, and I believe some cats, I'm, I'm not exactly certain, but there were some pets that were going to be discussed, the custody, access issues, and the judge decided to treat the pets like butter knives and did not want to deal with the custody of the pets. And this decision actually had quite um, a lot of... Um, news around the world and it was even uh, brought up in the states in the Washington Post New York Times had written about it because 
the frustration with the court system in dealing with our pets is becoming now um, strife. And there seems to be an incongruence with the way that the courts are dividing up pets and dealing with them as uh, property items. And so I do believe that's going to change. It's just a matter of time. Clarinda had a question for Susanna, our lawyer. Uh, Yeah, I had a question in terms of what if it's a couple that they're not living together, right? This is just a, you know, Mm -hmm. and let's say um, the the, the partner, one of them, they have the dog in the home, but the other partner that's not living with the dog purchased it. So let's say the male is owning Mm -hmm. the dog, but the female purchased it, but, and now they're broken up. I think you're out of luck. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, that's a tough yeah one. Like, you what, are. You're in, out of because luck. it's like a chair. Yes. So would it go to the the girl that that purchased it, or would it stay with the dog, or stay with the mm. yeah the, the male. purchaser? Well, with children, you look into who uh, care how you're caring for mm-hmm. the child. With dogs who can't speak, yes. often is the case, obviously. Right. <laughs> so this is a good question. Well, so if we go back to the property principle, then unfortunately, the ownership of the of the pet is the first uh, primary factor that is usually considered in the courts. So when I say usually, um, some courts are beginning to recognize that pets are more than just property items. Um, for example, Alaska has now recognized um, pets in um, divorce proceedings. So that's groundbreaking news. But going back to your question, uh, unfortunately, the ownership, so the, the keeping the receipts of who purchased the pet would mm-hmm. wow. would okay. be the indicator of who would be granted right yes, which is different ownership. than kids because yes. with kids it's based on yeah exactly. that's right. right and that's why we encourage so through my practice we encourage a mediated settlement at this point in time at least because then you can deal with the custody issue and you can get into at least some kind of agreement hopefully and have the person that took care of the animal um take the responsibility rather than who purchased the the owner. Mm -hmm. What if one partner financially takes care of the animal more than the other? However, Mm -hmm. that pet is more emotionally attached to the opposite partner. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to the property principles, unfortunately. That's right, because the the pet can't go to court and go, okay, judge. Yeah, Yeah. I love him or her more. No, because, yeah, because with children, when they get to a certain age, there's the office of the children's lawyer, and then they could actually represent themselves, right? What is it, 12 years old or older, and they could say who they want to live with. And unfortunately, with dogs, they can't ever stay that. And and like you said, Laura, if they're emotionally attached to one, even though that's not the one who bought them or pays for stuff. Yeah. That's crazy. I never thought of all this. I think it's important for anybody in any relationship when you're going into a relationship to factor in that maybe if you don't have a pet, but the person does, think about that you might be att- end up getting really attached to this pet. But and- you can't stop that. I'm sorry. Because like, it's you've your never, pet. Yeah, you've okay, never you had Max, a pet. You're worried Dean's going to go for the dog. Oh, he can't go for the dog. Oh, look at no. this. She just got <laughs> no, all crazy He can't now. go for the dog. What if he did? I have the receipt. What if he takes Well, the- Suzanne, I have yes. the receipt. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I have well, all the Records. Done. So the primary, so the primary, there's there's a principle of test that's utilized uh, in the courts usually in terms of the ownership principle when we're looking at the property. Um, but the pro- the secondary factor would be um, to look at who paid for the pet, the expenses. So mm-hmm. I would encourage guardians, uh, owners of pets, to keep their receipts. Um, you know, have maintain records, register their pets in their names. Sorry, what if, if Laura, they want? Yes. Sorry, ahead. sorry. No, when Laura good. and Dean got together, what if Laura stopped working and Dean was the breadwinner at that point even though she bought the dog like he could argue well it's like 
I've been paying for. It's like a yeah. boat if you're going to talk about ownership. <gasps> I'm sorry, but, but Laura, you better watch out. Well, not really because I still pay, okay? I know, you're right. I have but a job. had you not. <laughs> no, but in that case, no, but yeah. you know how you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and in that's law. where you get into a gray, murky area because as I said to you, although the law is stringent in terms of the property status, society is now tipping, tipping, um, mm-hmm. The way toward uh, viewing animals as sentient beings, as you may or may not be aware, yeah. Quebec, for example. What's are, best for the animal. What's best yeah. for the animal has uh, recognized pets as sentient beings. And so that recognition will slowly um, grant status to animals to be viewed as more than just property. Very interesting. We need to take a break, but stay with us. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM To the dating and relationship show with Laura Vallada from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. Hey, everybody, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the dating and relationship show on Talk Radio AM 640 with my co host, Sandra Carusi from Inside Jokes, uh, Jokes and special guest, pet lawyer Susanna Gartner and psychotherapist Clarinda Brindeo. And we're talking about uh, custody and pets. And relationships. So um, before the break, we were talking all about custody. And I have another question. So what if someone gifts you the dog? Who owns a dog then? Well, so that's an exception in the law. If, if you're gifted the dog, obviously you want to have proof because in, in courts, we're going to be looking at the evidence behind uh, the gifting principle. But if you are gifted the pet, so for example, if someone purchased a pet for you, then you should be the deemed the owner of this companion animal. Okay, and at the end of the day, so, you know, both partners are equally invested in the animal and you both live together and you bought the animal together. So who ends up with the animal at the end of the day? I mean, is it divided equally? How does that work? It should be divided equally. And that's why I would encourage staying out of the court system if you can and trying to settle the dispute out of the court system so that you can hopefully look out for the animal's best interest. So perhaps the animal has developed an attachment and you can probably speak to this better than me. Um, And so that you would not necessarily want to go through the courts because the courts may just give the ownership to one party or another as opposed to working out a custody or access, which they tend to avoid at this point in time in the family courts. I think it's, you know, it's interesting because I think that it's really important that if as a couple you do decide to get a pet to make that, I know it's kind of, it's not fun to think about an end, but to think about, okay, if this ended, if this relationship isn't going to work, who gets the pet in the end? I do have couples actually that I, because I just remembered. But you might change your mind. It doesn't matter, right? Like I think, I know that that's hard, but I think that that it's important to do that, right? Like I think Sandra, you were talking about the emotional piece, right? And I do think that there is that piece. That is so sure. important, right? So it's kind of like saying, look, we're going to get a pet, but what happens? I've had a couple who got a little pug, really cute pug, and they were together and they split during this period. And right from day one, he said, it's her pug. You know, it's her puppy or, you know, her dog. And I and I said, how do you feel about that? He goes, well, it sucks. But the reality is that's a decision we made and I'm going to stick to that decision. So the custody was a little bit in the beginning where they would share the dog in the beginning for a couple of months just to adjust because he missed the dog. But then that was it. And then now she owns the dog. Mm. And he can go out and get another dog. 
Yeah, which is not the same, not and the I same. hear that, but it's the Actually, option. I thought it wasn't the same, but my friend had a dog die. The dog was 15, and she loved this dog like like I love my dog. We used to walk our dogs together for many, many years, and she said she got she went out and got, got another dog like three months later, and she said, she called me moms. She said, moms, I love this dog just as much as the other dog. And I said, mm. really? She goes, yeah, it was wow. like the love was transferred from one dog to the other. And I said, oh, that almost made me feel good because I love my dog so much and when he passes I'm going to be a basket case uh, but it's good to know mm-hmm. so she said it's transferable mm-hmm. the love <laughs> it's like husbands true yeah I, I, yeah I think that, yeah absolutely I think the difference is is that when a dog passes it feels more e- it's easier to kind of take on another puppy and love and things I think it's when it's taken away Ooh, is a yeah. little harder true. I think that's harder to get another pet I would recommend people take some time to just kind of think about the, the, taking on another pet mm-hmm. and point. Clorinda I know we were talking outside about um, some of the issues you deal with are pets and allergies yes what can you tell us about that well I I had a client actually who started doing this really amazing guy you know all the check marks and she she has a cat and she found out he was extremely allergic Mm. and she didn't want to break up and that's like we talked about it's a deal breaker so one of the things that we talked about what she could do when that happens is have the cat in different space in the house for example not allowed in the bedroom right if that's a place that your partner is going to be in Mm. don't allow your, your pet in the bedroom another option is you know cover the couch or you know have things over the couch um, that prevent the hair and things to get on it. Um, so she tried that and that actually kind of worked, like just kind of limiting the space. So every time you'd come over, plus one thing she did she did that was really interesting is she had an extra um, item of clothes. So they ha- she had like, he left some like some clothes. So when he was there, he would put on that clothes and that was that clothes. So she, she wouldn't carry the, oh, the fur home the with him. Yeah, the dandruff. Because it's in the air, right? Like you can only do so much. That's a good point. For example, I'm allergic to cats and I think it's, it's so it would be fair to me to say, look I'm allergic can you just put the cat in another room when I'm there like I guess I never thought of that I think that's fair but asking somebody to get rid of the pet is I don't think that's I think that's where the deal breaker comes in well and that that tells you a lot about the person's personality and empathy problems come on like who does that but well because the pet's going to be there for years like yes. it's not, you know, it's not this person might come in and go, who knows? Right. But the reality is a pet's going to stay for years. And mm-hmm. I think it's important too to make that decision, you know, when you're just entering the relationship. Mm-hmm. And if somebody has a pet and you know you don't like pets and, you know, you're, speak you're up. allergic. Yeah, speak up. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't just say, okay, I'm going to deal with it. And then three or four or a year late months or a year later, it, it, this pet becomes this huge problem because, yeah. you know, then you're out the door, not the pet. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I know that we touched on jealousy a little bit in a in a different segment, so I want to um, just talk about that briefly. Um, but after the break, um, so more with our guests. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640. We'll be right back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. So I'm here with my real estate friend, Holly Garvey-Penny. So what's up with HGP's tips and trends today? Hi, Sandra. Today's an old trend that we're seeing, and that's buyers can breathe. With the recent downtick, properties are staying on the market for a couple of days. That now gives buyers some breathing room to make a decision. But... Buyers, make sure it's an informed decision by viewing a selection of properties with your realtor so you can confidently act fast to get your perfect property. Call or email me with any questions. 
They can reach you at HEP at bosleyrealestate.com or 416-322-8000. Thanks, Sandra. Now, back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca on Talk Radio AM 640. And we're back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on Talk Radio AM 640 with Santa Cruz from Inside Jokes. And we have lawyer Susanna Gartner. As well as Clorinda Brandeo. She's a psychotherapist in the city. And uh, Clorinda, how can jealousy be resolved? I think fundamentally the important thing is communication. So when you start to notice that you're feeling jealous of your partner and their pet or your pet together, I think it's important to address it right away, to be like, you know, it makes me uncomfortable or I don't feel good or I'm feeling... Because ultimately there are some insecurities that's going on that's behind the scenes and it's not really related to the pet. So it's kind of, it's just bringing it out. It's kind of putting a spotlight on something else. Right. And how do you deal with people that have these sort of insecurities? We address them, right? We, we go right to, okay, well, what is the biggest fear? What are you afraid of? What do you feel like you're not getting that attention, right? Like, are you not getting enough attention? Um, sometimes couples will say, you know, why is it that when I come home, my partner's not as excited to see me? You know what I mean? But when they see the dog, they get super excited and they're happy. And then it's, those are the things which, again, we go back to, it's it's go ahead sorry susan susanna are you going to say something or oh i was just going to say that it, that's where it comes into play dividing up the responsibility as well because and they are animals mm-hmm. and they have feelings and they are aware that mm-hmm. you know if you take care of them if you give them love if you're if you're ta- you're, you're not going to have as much jealousy issues because the animal will give you attention as well so that does come into play in my practice when people are breaking up who took care of the pet more and they start arguing about that and i mean fundamentally it comes down to the relationship itself and making sure that it's balanced and fair mm-hmm. in terms of the responsibilities. So one person isn't just bearing all the responsibilities for the finances, for example, and then one person is just taking the dog for walks and and giving it love and attention. It's, it's It needs to be more balanced. Sorry, quick question for Susanna. Uh, so someone going through a divorce, are there two, would they have two divorce lawyers, a family law, law and animal law? Or well, you do it all? Well, we, we do the animal uh, part of the... Um, okay. You know, the, the... With the other lawyer. Not necessarily. I okay. mean, we can take the case over and we would deal with the custody access issue or who is going to take ownership okay. of the animal. Treat we, it we, separate. Yeah, and we deal with the trust, the wills um, as well, because that's an issue that comes up as well. And oh. family lawyers tend to concentrate on the, you know, the people part of the, okay. so we get, we get the animal portion. interest portion. Oh, interesting. So um, I just want to briefly go over another stat here. Uh, The truth about pets and dating was conducted again by PetSmart Charities and Match.com. And they say that uh, 28% of single men would be turned off if a woman's pet could fit in her handbag. (laughs) What do you guys think about that? Okay. I wonder if that's just being stereotypical. Like when you mm-hmm. picture, you know, a small yeah. puppy, you know, and you picture like the Paris Hiltons of the world. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> like I think yeah. that's why. I think they go into their like high maintenance. Like, yeah, yeah, high maintenance, yeah. right. Like their high maintenance. Say. I think that's where that comes from. And, and the whole idea of the designer dog. Yeah, right. exactly. That symbol. And they say 35% of single women have been more attracted to someone because of their pet. So guys, again, go get an animal. And <laughs> 70% of singles think their date's reaction to their pet is important. 
So treat your animal mm-hmm. well. Yes. Okay, everybody, our show has pretty much come to an end. Thank you so much, Susanna and Clorinda, for coming in to chat with us today. You have no idea how long I've wanted to have a conversation uh, on pets and relationships, so thank you. If any of you guys need legal representation for your furry-faced friend or have any pet ownership disputes within animal law, you can reach out to Susanna at animallawyers.ca. And if you're having some relationship problems and would like to talk to a third party, you can reach out to Clorinda Brandeo by visiting her website. It's called Psychotherapy in the City. Just like single in the city. Did you copy me? No. no, no. (laughs) As for Sandra, you know you guys can always tune into her show Inside Jokes or follow her on Instagram at Sandra underscore Carusi for more information and updates. And you can follow me on Instagram at Laura underscore Bellotta and check out my site Single in the City for upcoming events. We have this really cool event coming up called uh, Tweet Syria. It's a trivia for singles and that's at the Addison's Residence on the 20th of July. So check it out. So tune in next week as we discuss um, reasons why you should stay and not give up on your marriage. Ciao for now. <laughs>